Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello, this is Pastor Visser, and I'd like to take a minute to invite you to swing by Covenant People's Ministry online. We're always available at covenantpeoplesministry.com. If you bookmark that URL, you'll have access to our audio sermons, our Godcasts, our forums, and our most current text sermons. If you feel led to be part of this ministry, know that we don't have membership dues, we don't have uniforms, we don't ask you for your personal information, and we don't ask you for a dime. At Covenant People's Ministry, all we really ask you to do is to swing by our URL on the internet or to write us a letter at our mailing address and let us know that our materials have touched you. That, my friend, is the single greatest, most important thing you can do to keep this ministry rolling. You don't necessarily have to order books. You don't have to order CDs. You don't have to send us a dime. A simple email or post in the forums of encouragement goes a long way for keeping me inspired, keeping my staff inspired, and keeping us bringing materials to you. So please contact us by whichever method is most convenient for you. Write to us at Covenant People's Ministry, P.O. Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, that's B-R-O-O-K-S, Georgia, with a zip code 30205. Our phone number is area code 404-906-9009. This is Pastor Visser again wishing you and yours great studies. Yahweh bless. Hello, this is Pastor Visser, and the topic is The Morning Stars, Part 8. Beloved, this is the final part of the Morning Star series. While there's literally thousands of additional examples from Scripture confirming the reality of the heavenly hosts, hopefully this lengthy study has shed some additional light on the strategies of those who wish to claim themselves as lowercase gods, just as Satan suggests in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Still, two more important aspects of the spiritual realm must be covered before this eight-part investigation can be considered complete rebellious angels, and the conclusive downfall of the beast. There are several examples in the Bible of angels that rebelled against Yahweh, and we've covered numerous illustrations in this very same series. Such creatures often do the warring of God and other miraculous works, but, fallen or not, they are all bound in Yahweh's service. These facts refute those who wish to claim cherubim are Christian pastors that teach Christian identity, doctrine, or worse. While it most certainly does happen, Scripture infrequently equates messengers to mortal men. So these few statements alone do not prove that angels are mere humans. Dismissing the spiritual realm is uneducated. To elaborate, we've already covered the angels that took from among the daughters of Adam, quote-unquote, in Genesis 6, and Enoch's descriptions of their eminent fate for such a rebellion. Naturally, this is all part of Yahweh's grand design because it's a way for him to harden the hearts of the disobedient and in the process, 
multiply his signs and wonders. For further proof, read Exodus chapter 7 verse 3. We've covered the Apocrypha's teachings on angels and even proved the early church fathers never taught against their reality. If you're new to this series about angels, visit the Morning Stars Overview page available at CovenantPeople'sMinistry.com for further descriptions of what's contained within all eight parts. The entire set is framed after the Bible with the establishment of angels towards the beginning, the Apocrypha's teachings in the middle, and the defeat of rebel angels at the conclusion, or this one you're hearing today. Be sure to familiarize yourself with these sermons, or for added information on cherubs, read CPM's Stars and Trees in the Garden of Yahweh, or Trees and Stars in the Garden of Yahweh. The term Lord of Hosts, or Lord of the Sabbath, refers to Yahweh being the head of the militant cherubs, because there are numerous ranks and positions within the hierarchy of angels. The hierarchy of angels, according to Scripture, are ranked here, from the highest to the lowest. Seraphim, or Seraph, according to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Cherubim, or cherubs, according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. Ezekiel chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. And 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 23 through 28. Ophanim, translated as thrones, according to Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. And Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 17. Thronos, or Eralim, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Virtues, or dunamis, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Dominions, Hashmalim, or leaders, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Principalities, or forms, according to Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Rulers, or Arche, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Powers, or Postates, according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Authorities, or Excusia, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Archangels, Archangelos, or Chief Angels, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, or Jude, verse 9. And finally, simple angels, or Malachim. Of these, only the Malachim are erroneously translated men. Again, of all of these descriptions of the host of heaven found in the King James Holy Bible, only simple angels, Malachim, are considered or transliterated through as men. The contrast of all of this is unsurprisingly mirrored within the demonic realm, so a deeper self-study of these words is essential. Naturally, man's artistic representations of cherubim all vary, and are usually no more reliable than their interpretations of Jesus Christ. Scripture undoubtedly claims that these creatures have the ability to fly, to destroy entire cities, to war against Satan, to speak for Yahweh, and to do all manner of miracles, of them all. The seraphim are the highest ranking of God's created heavenly host. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all. 
and is in all that have been renewed in his Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. For example, Isaiah explained the appearance of the seraphim in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Quote, In the year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, also saw Yahweh sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings. With twain or two, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. End quote. Angels do not involve themselves in the affairs of men, but are rarely described as mere mortals. The worst rebellion against Yahweh recording in the entire Bible is forthcoming and committed during the War of Gog and Magog. During this victorious event, Satan and his iniquitous children declare war against Christ and his saints, but are bound for a thousand years for their transgression. They're ultimately released after the millennial reign for the critical judgment of Yahweh and their concluding overthrow. The millennium distinctively refers to the period that Christ and his saints shall peacefully reign for a thousand years upon the earth. It will follow the tribulation period and precede the final judgment before the great white throne, as you can read in Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. This day of the Lord will also be the period of Satan's imprisonment. The millennium will begin by the visible return of Jesus Christ in glory to judge and rule the nations of Israel, which is the initial stage of the everlasting kingdom of Christ, being set up among men on earth as it is in heaven. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 25 tells us that during this time the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and there shall be no death. At the close of this period, Satan will be let loose from the bottomless pit. He shall try to form a federation among men and make a desperate attempt to overthrow the kingdom of Christ. According to Revelation chapter 20 verses 7 through 9, this war is called the War of Gog and Magog. Revelation chapter 21 verse 15 tells us that Satan will be overthrown by Christ and returned to the lake of fire, where he will spend infinity. Consider that the Bible teaches us in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, quote, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, end quote. The scriptural chain of events proves the so-called rapture doctrine is a hoax. All of these biblical teachings shatter pre-terrorist myths because degeneracy still remains on earth and is yet to be conquered by Christ and his saints. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 8, another name for Satan is death, or the son of perdition, because he's marked for destruction from the dawn of men, according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. In addition to Isaiah's prophecies against fallen Lucifer, found in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, here he's directly condemned, quote, Thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit, end quote. In this death sentence, the Hebrew term pit means a hole or a dungeon, according to Strong's Concordance, which can mean the grave. However, hell is Sheol, which is unmistakably, quote, the world of the dead, or a subterranean retreat, end quote. Again, according to Strong's Concordance. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29 teaches us, quote, no flesh will glory in his presence, end quote. Simply put, 
Believers can't use the Strong's Concordance to support a no-hell doctrine. While Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39 teaches us that nothing can separate Christians from the love of God, Acts chapter 13, verse 8 teaches that our faith can certainly be overthrown, and our positions in the kingdom age compromised. That being said, this outreach has devoted a great deal of time in proving the validity of Yahweh's scriptures and the existence of little angels, heaven, demons, and hell. For extra facts not contained in this series, study CPM's Judaism Has No Devil, which proves the atheistic nature of Jews, and the anointed cherub that covereth, which explains the original position before his fall from grace. Both of these sermons could be considered further authentication for this very series about cherubim. Let's read Revelation chapter 19, verses 17 through 19. It reads, quote, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bound, both small and great, and I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, and against his army. End quote. Again, that's Revelation chapter 19, verses 17 through 19. This term, the flesh of mighty men, ties in perfectly to our earlier sermon in the same series about the Netzel, or the fallen Nephilim, who were men of old, men of renown, or mighty men. Ridiculously attempting to make war with Christ on the light horse, Satan and his worldly children sit in opposition against the moral army of Christ, but are immediately overpowered. One of the greatest aspects of Satan's definitive overthrow is that the false prophets who intentionally taught contrary to God's eternal word are cast in with him after the millennium. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Nevertheless, it's during this millennial reign where the Zadok are able to again teach those that have ears to hear. But sadly, many will still deny Jesus Christ and his eternal word. Read that for yourself in Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. This concept is not hard to understand as one can look at history and see where the world stood a thousand years after the death and resurrection of the Messiah. This is why the angel who stands in the sun, quote-unquote, states that during the supper of Yahweh, it is the flesh that's served. 
It's this tissue that separates man from Yahweh, and the desires of that flesh leads one into temptation, according to 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Christians are taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, to bring their flesh under subjection, because Satan entices through the lust of the flesh, as you can read in James chapter 1, verse 14. Finally, let's wrap it up by reading Revelation chapter 19, verses 20 and 21. Quote, The beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. End quote. These events take place before the millennium. Thus this lake of fire burning with brimstone, quote-unquote, is more a holding chamber for the beast and his false prophet. Notice that this lake of fire burns with both fire and brimstone. In the book of Revelation, chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus Christ equates waters to people. Yet this lake consists of flame and sulfur, which more represents the purging and cleansing power of Yahweh, as you can read in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2, and Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Remember that by his sufferings, Christ personally overthrew Lucifer. The heel that was bruised has trotted upon the head which devised the bruising. When he told Satan, get thee behind me, that's where the adversary remains to this day. This should explain why Satan de facto is in prison before his dispute with Michael and casting to earth. As you can confirm in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3, Jude verse 9, and Revelation chapter 12 verse 9, there is perfect balance. As the righteous are rewarded for their adherence to God's law, the wicked are punished for their disobedience. Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 through 3 tells us that Satan is in prison for a thousand years, while the kinsman redeemer reigns during this day of the Lord. After this sentence, Satan is released and the final battle commences for his ultimate and irreversible conclusion. Read more about that in Revelation chapter 20 verses 7 through 15. At last, the tempter is irrevocably defeated and no longer able to allure through man's flesh or petty vanities. Christ confirms this impending overthrow in his parable of the tares and the wheat as found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Quote, Then shall he say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. End quote. Notice that Jesus teaches the devil and his angels will be cast into everlasting, eternal, and endless fire. So much for hell being a regular grave where the wicked are freed from any accountability for their degenerate acts. There is simply no evading our actions, whether they be moral or amoral. My intention with this entire series is to show the double-mindedness of makeshift pastors who push their false belief that Satan and angels aren't factual. Such insects are unstable in all their ways, according to James chapter 1, verse 8. And their denial of the supernatural realm frequently leads others into dismissing the resurrection or heaven itself, as you can see. Ironically, Acts chapter 23, verse 8, proves that such teachings are the creeds of Sadducees, which Christ taught so adamantly against during his ministry. Such false doctrines are not representative of Christian identity. 
They were not taught by the early church fathers, nor the initial promoters of CI, like Dr. Swift, Dr. Comparey, or Dr. Butler. For information about some present Sadducees, listen to Knight's Party Snake Oil, which is part of the ANSWP Spiritual Hour broadcast, available only at CovenantPeople'sMinistry.com. This unique 64-minute show looks deeper at the inner workings of the Knight's Party under the leadership of Thomas Robb. The false teachings of Stormfront's Mark and Debbie Downey and numerous lives of Randy Gray are explored in greater detail by both Michael Burks and Pastor Visser. Listen to this show today at CovenantPeople'sMinistry.com and learn how some deceptive teachers slither into Christian identity. We must all be on guard against dishonest teachers that would twist or malign the Word of God. I pray that these works have been a blessing to you and your family. While this series will be published in book form, feel free to distribute and reproduce these studies as you deem fit or use them in your individual study. The audio files for all eight sermons will be released concurrently and can be obtained as a special collector set on two compact discs, each containing four 20-minute sermons. If these materials are something you feel led to support, be sure to contact this ministry or visit the CPM forums at covenantpeoplesministry.com for additional information. Angels and demons are real. Heaven and hell are factual. And the Bible is correct in every regard. Either man stands as the liar he is, as confirmed in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, or the ceaseless word of God is truth, as Christ teaches in John chapter 17, verse 17, or when he simply says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It always boils down to man going his own way as a lowercase God of his own making, or following the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who knows what's best for his own creation. Let's not fall into the trap of following extra-biblical trite put forth by godless men that will never see our kingdom. War for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Viss's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.